Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, we turn our attention again to the gospel lesson. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up these shelters, three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. And now the verse we're going to focus particularly on. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel. Human beings reaching for glory is clearly an obsession in our current day-to-day world. I could be wrong about this because I'm someone who, who does my best to ignore and stay as far away from social media as I possibly can, But, isn't the activity of that medium probably 90% or more about someone simply seeking attention or affirmation for something? Our penchant for acknowledgement, perhaps instant acknowledgement, credit, Kudos for what we have done is something you'll see pretty much everywhere on a daily basis, far beyond social media as well. It's simply the human story. And many relationships of many different kinds, even marriage relationships, are stressed if they don't actually get to the point of unraveling over the fact that someone is not receiving the acknowledgement, the credit, the glory that they are expecting from someone else. So it is almost jarring to us to hear Jesus, having just experienced all of his blazing heavenly glory shining through his humanity in that moment on the top of the mountain with Moses and Elijah present, to speak the words that he does to the three disciples that were with him on that day as they traveled down the mountain. Those words are jarring to our glory-sensitive ears. Divine glory, heavenly glory, always belonged to Jesus, but he had set it aside. 
In every way that it could be measured by the normal human experience, he had truly set it completely aside for his purpose, for his mission of becoming a human being just like us. Jesus all but told the three who had opportunity to see and experience that full divine glory, to not tell another single soul. Can you imagine being in their shoes in that moment? They were likely bursting at the seams to tell at least the other disciples, if not their families, if they cross paths with them again sometime soon. They had seen something no other human beings had ever experienced. Shy of the experience in our Old Testament lesson this morning and then the subsequent experience that Moses would have when he demanded to see God in all of his glory on the top of the mountain, but God allowed him just a a glimpse of his passing glory. God explained to Moses in that moment, no one can see God in his full heavenly glory and live to speak about it. But this moment of transfiguration was clearly not about the three human beings that witnessed it. This moment was only about Jesus. And Jesus really wasn't all that interested in his own glory. But being allowed to experience his full glory as God Displaying itself through his human nature in that moment was certainly an encouragement to him, a a reassurance of his human nature that he was also fully and completely eternal God in every way, something that was helpful and valuable to him in the journey of the weeks ahead, his suffering and death. But anyone else, anyone else at all needing to know anything about any of this, that could wait. That could wait till a very prescribed moment. That could wait until after the mission had been accomplished. The one with whom Moses and Elijah spoke in a cloud of heavenly glory was insistent that he had to experience death, all of his suffering and his death, and then rise again before he would experience any form of that glory again. He had received all the benefit intended from this glorious moment. And the disciples were there for a purpose. Their eyewitness down the road would play a significant role in others knowing about, having eyewitness testimony to, and recorded by the Holy Spirit multiple times by Peter by Matthew, by the Gospel writers. There are eyewitness accounts of human beings in history who have seen the full glory of God and lived to tell about it, even though that experience of seeing that glory literally flattened them on their faces. But nothing more need be said of it or made of it in this moment until the mission was complete, and Jesus insisted on that. That's simply stunning, isn't it? What era of human history doesn't include human beings like you and me wondering what God is like, wishing they could see God, 
all but standing in a moment of concern or challenge or loss and demanding, God, show yourself to me in some way so I have certainty about the things I'm wondering and pondering about regarding you. Maybe even in a moment of defiance or at least mistaken understanding of what could occur, human beings have also demanded to see God's glory. If only God would show himself. But that isn't God's plan for any of us. It never has been. It wasn't even God's plan for these three men who actually experienced it. God knows he is glorious. God knows that he is God. God knows he deserves our praising and our glorifying him at any given and every given moment of our lives. But God also knows that you and I as human beings will fall far short of giving everything to him that he deserves. And so God clearly tells us he is never Ever about creating moments of glory simply for himself, apart from his saving of human beings through his acts of glory. The moment on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus was allowed to experience his full glory, was very specifically timed and equally specifically purposed for the saving of human souls for all eternity. How remarkably unselfish our eternal God is. And so by contrast, how completely unlike us he is. We struggle to even fathom how a being so powerful, so perfect, so complete could be so uninterested in his own glory. To never be about that glory. God is all about his unconditional love, his complete and unwavering commitment to us as his human creatures. Everything from the very first words of creation to the moment the trumpets will sound and Jesus will return has always and only been about God serving and saving his human creatures. For them to live with him in his divine glory. That is why on the way down the mountain... It is clear, because Jesus makes it clear, that he had no intention of this moment being broadcast to the world, at least not yet. He had shown his glory for years in miracles and in amazingly powerful and authoritative sermons that changed hearts and lives. He had commanded demons. He had controlled the weather. Glory was oozing out of his every pore, but it was not as visible as this blazing, 
glowing, white-hot divine glory that clearly was here and his on this mountain. The rest of the time, it was very deliberately and humbly hidden. There are many moments in Scripture, there are many days in the Christian church here when we focus on certain lessons and it's obvious that we should be asking the question, why is this recorded here? Why do we focus it on this day? What am I supposed to take away from it? Why do I need to know this? Well, there's some very clear and specific ones here. Obviously, that Jesus was and is and always will be fully God in every way is clearly one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit had this all recorded for us in the manner that he has. But also that Jesus was willing after such a moment as this, to set aside all of his power and glory as God again and defer all mention of it until after his resurrection as proof to you and to me that our Savior, our brother Jesus, was always extremely selflessly focused and invested in saving us for all eternity, making heaven available to you as your Savior. He was perfect and complete in his focus in making heaven available to you, that you might see him in that same glory that Peter, James, and John saw him that day. So. Whose glory are you seeking day by day in your life? Seeking others to notice you? Seeking others to give you the glory that you somehow have determined that you have a right to for a few moments, a few days? Because unless you do something completely spectacular, the people beyond your own immediate circle of acquaintances aren't likely to remember your glory, your moment, unless it's big enough for somebody to record it in the history books or write a biography about you. Or will you be about giving glory to the one who deferred acknowledgement of his divine glory until he had completed his mission of saving you through the humiliation and the persecution and the bloody death that was the payment price for your sins and mine. In just a few days, we're going to start that journey again, Ash Wednesday through Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday to stand again at the empty tomb on Easter morning, and that path will not always be an easy one or a pleasant one as we witness all our Savior was willing to do to save us. But today again, you and I have been reminded of all our Savior was willing to do to save us. That he was willing to truly set aside all of his glory and power and authority as God to walk the path of our salvation through his own pain and suffering. Full glory 
was his again on the third morning after his death. And it was then 40 days later with the trumpets of heaven and the accompaniment of angels physically and audibly, he returned to the throne of God in heaven. And glory will be ours one day because Jesus deferred his divine glory until he rose and ascended. As hard as it might be, you and I need to get it through our heads that we need to wait. Wait for that glory as the glory most important for any of us to receive. It is not only worth the wait, but it will be worth also any glory of our own defining that we might want for ourselves, deferring that as well, because you and I are focused, as Jesus was focused, every day throughout all of history on the payment for sin, applying it to our own sins, seeing that payment as the answer, as Jesus saw it as the only focused and invested answer on this day to fulfilling our heart's longing of one day seeing our God face to face in all of his glory and knowing that experience will never end. Amen. Please stand. Now grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen.